Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. Johnny Depp back on the uh, stand yesterday and some highlights. They get to the poop. They get to the poop. Oh, all right. They get to the severed finger. They uh, get to him saying that Amber Heard has a need for violence. Here he is talking about how he almost lost his finger. She threw the large bottle and it made contact and shattered everywhere. And I felt heat and I felt as if something were dripping down my hand, you know. And then I looked down and I was looking directly at my bones sticking out and blood was just pouring out. And at that point, I think that I went into some sort of, I I don't know what a nervous breakdown feels like, but that's probably the closest that I've ever been. I didn't. Nothing made sense. And I knew in my mind and in my heart, this is not life. No one should have to go through this. Yeah, he really painted Amber to be a a woman full of anger and violence and even spoke about uh, his belief that her uh, drug abuse, because he's, you know, people have admitted that they've done cocaine with him, that uh, Johnny likes to drink and has done cocaine, but he feels that uh, she's much more of an abuser than him, mm. drinking huge amounts of wine, taking molly, mushrooms, and speed. Uh, he goes on to explain uh, Amber's need for violence. Miss Heard, in her frustration and in her rage and her anger, she would strike out. It could begin with a slap. It could begin with a, a shove. It could begin with, you know, throwing a TV remote at my head. And these day-to-day arguments were... Um, simply unnecessary it was not to help the relationship it did not help the relationship it wasn't meant to help the relationship it was meant to feed her need for conflict she has a need for conflict she has a need for violence you know it's uh it's interesting that he's doing this and and he's got a lot of courage in it in that although uh the amount of violence towards women from men far outweighs the opposite. There has been many, many situations and cases shown where men have, you know, been beaten upon by their significant other, their wives or girlfriends. And for so many men, it's, it's, it's a, it's a terrible thing to have to admit because there's an ego attached mm. to it that you allow this woman to do this to you or you're just too embarrassed to right. admit that it's happening. You now know? she'll at some point give her side, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she'll have her turn to talk. I don't know if he's on the stand again today. He might very well still be on the stand. (laughs) I'm not sure. But finally, the topic uh, came up about the poop in the bed. She brought up the situation of the fecal matter on the bed. It was so outside. It was so bizarre and so grotesque that I could only laugh. And... (laughs) And she tried to blame it on the dogs. They're teacup Yorkies. They they weigh about four pounds each. I lived with those dogs for many years. It was clear that did not come from a dog. If you've seen the photos, it's a lot of poop. (laughs) Oh, really? It's not dog poop. (laughs) It seems that Amber's got a fairly healthy bowel movement. (laughs) <laughs> I'll give her that. The healthiest part of the relationship. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> if you've always sensed that your mother-in-law can't stand you, hates you, well, it's not your fault. She's going to hate anybody. <laughs>
Doesn't matter who their kid married. Chances are they're not going to like them. Researchers found men and women both tend to have more conflict with their mother-in-law than they do their own mother. Now, I would disagree with that, although they've done the research, so what the hell do I know? But just from a personal standpoint, I have seen it both in my life and in my wife's, and it's all just based on history. Now, my mother could, you know, trigger me very quickly as my father could. I think with age now, I've, I've mellowed on a lot of stuff. And, you know, when you're young and you, you get mad at your parents because you just think whatever you think. Um, but now I, I see, you know, I see certainly my dad aging and I'm like, okay, I, I realize now as a father and now you can compare your life to his and, you know, you, you start to understand they're just humans and frail and all of that stuff. But my mother-in-law and I, I think, unless she does hate me, and maybe she does, she's a great actress, Amber Heard-style acting. But, but uh, there's no history between her and I. Like, we we lived with my, Marie and I, uh, and Daniel, and then David just as he was born, we lived with my mother-in-law for like three years. I never wanted to leave. Right. I didn't want to move into the first place. Right. I didn't want to leave. Right. But you know, I I saw Maria and her mom butt heads. I think that's I think that's probably true of most families. I'm sure that your mom can trigger you much quicker than she would trigger Adrian. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Uh... Yeah, and and maybe sometimes they they reserve themselves or reserve words that they you know for within the family yeah. kind of thing, right? They'll tell me things that they they wouldn't say to someone else. True, that is true. Well, yeah, Maria used to say, "My my mother speaks to you more than she speaks to me." <laughs> right. Yeah, and and it might be a mother daughter thing or a father son. Uh, I certainly remember, like my dad and I. I think went uh, from the time I was early teens till probably uh, I got married and had kids. We barely spoke to one another. <laughs> Just avoided each other. Um. So, but then my mom and I were very close. So, um, it, basically the deal is, and what these researchers are saying, it's called genetic conflict. And basically we all unconsciously want to protect our core family members. And when you've got kids, your in-laws are genetically tied to them. So you're more likely to clash because of it. They found that spending habits are a big pressure point too. Maybe, you know, your, your parents think you waste too much money on them or you think your parents spend. Who knows? But right. money always gets in the way of everything. Gotcha. Um, mothers or women clash with their mother-in-laws a little more than men, but they say the average father-in-law clashes with their son-in-law less than they do their own daughter. Oh. So you, you go over to your in-laws and you and your father-in-law can hang and have a pint. Right. But he'll be arguing with Adrian in the backyard. Or, or he just won't start the argument. Oh yeah, men, right. Men are good to clam <laughs> just, up. Just like, ah, oh, forget it. What's the point? <laughs> she didn't listen to me when she's 12. She's not going to listen to me when she's uh, 42. What am I going to tell him? Yeah. <laughs> forget it. He can barely hear me as it is. <laughs> if you, uh, you're planning maybe a vacation, want to go to a city, and, and one of the things you, you want to do is go to cities that are seductive and sexy. Right. Well, some research was done into that, and um, cities were ranked according to different factors. They included how many strip clubs and sex events there are. Oh, okay. How many people make money on OnlyFans. Right. How many hotels rent by the hour. How many people are Googling fetishes. And how many porn stars are named after they each city? Okay. And I would so think Vegas would be high on that list they somewhere. Are, yeah, it's London first, Vegas, and then New York. Okay. But after that, you get Madrid, Paris, Rome, Berlin, 
Toronto. Top 10. Yeah, Sydney and Los Angeles. Dirty birdie. Yeah, now, uh, just like we were saying earlier, I, I would, uh, I'd love to go see a lot of the cities around the world. Uh, maybe this is what I'm going to put on my list is why I want to see them. Toronto. All the sex events. <laughs> That's right. I'm gonna go. Let's, go, let's go there in sex season, huh? I want to go to the Madrid there and see the sex season. Yeah. Um, out of that list, I've only been to, uh, well, outside of Toronto, two of them. I've been to, uh, Vegas and New York. Right. Hmm. Oh, no, I've been to Rome. There's three. Okay. Okay. I didn't do no Saxon in any of them. No. <laughs> Although, in Vegas, I heard somebody getting sexed in a hotel room, like, night and day. We could walk into our hotel, walk down the hall to our room at three in the afternoon or three in the morning. The same woman was moaning. They're probably filming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Knowing Vegas, they were probably working. Yes. So I stood inside in the hallway auditioning. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with him? Anyhow, yeah, there you go. Sexy cities. I mean, you've been to, uh, out of that list of London, you've been to London? Yes. yes. You've been to Vegas, of course. Right. Uh, have you been to Madrid? No. Paris? No. Rome? No. Berlin? No. Sydney? Not yet. Los Angeles? No. You're missing all the sex. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> have you had sex in Toronto? Yes. There you go, then. Lucky was telling me about this uh, Donald Trump and Piers Morgan interview uh, that's coming up. I think it's going to be televised next week. Monday, and yeah. So, yeah, Trump sits down with uh, Piers Morgan and then stands up and storms out, basically. Uh, and I just saw a quick little promo of it, and it's it's just Trump at his best. First of all, all that orange goo he smears all over his face is just dripping with sweat. He looks like Rudy Giuliani during the, the grease uh, spill. Uh, and he gets just so upset, like a baby, like a child, and storms out on Piers Morgan because Piers basically tells him, "No, you lost that election." Right? Yeah, it, it's one of these in-depth. Uh, I guess it's seventy-five minutes long, so wow. he storm out right away. But when they started talking about the election, I guess Pierce said he challenged him on, you know, you've never provided any evidence. So what, yeah. you know, what's going on? And uh, Trump called him a fool and said anyone who thinks he lost that election is a fool. Um, and so they went at it a little bit. And a lot of it comes down to to Trump feeling that Pierce should have loyalty to him. Because remember, Pierce Morgan won uh, the Celebrity Apprentice, mm. right? And so there's, <laughs> so that's why he so believes he believes that he made Pierce Morgan who he was. Oh my God, Piers Morgan was somebody without you, Trump. He Definitely was just so. fine without you. Yeah, he's like a mob boss. You know, <laughs> he's you must be loyal. Kiss my ring. Unbelievable. Anyhow, that'll be on uh, sometime next week. Actually, Piers Morgan uh, did a that Club Random Bill Maher uh, podcast, and I was watching some of that yesterday, and uh, it was pretty good. You know, he defends his position on why he actually stormed out uh, when he was doing that English uh, Good Morning Britain right, yeah. show after his, his former show com- comments on uh, Meghan Markle. It is six twenty-three. Have you ever looked at your dog and thought? Damn, Spots is fitter than I am. He's in better shape than me. Some, many of dog owners say that even their dog is in better shape than they are. We try to get exercise, you know, with our dog. We go for walks and this type of thing. I don't think that. Coop's lazy. Yeah. Yeah. I'll try to take him for a walk. I really don't even want to walk him that far. He wants to go less than I do. (laughs) (laughs) And he's on a low-fat diet. The thing weighs about 10 pounds. Oh, is he already heavier than he's supposed to be? <laughs> no, I, don't, I think it's, it, it affects his stomach. He's oh. got some some issues. So oh, he does gotta, he? Of course, he needs the special food. Of course. Yeah, the vet saw you coming. Right. 
Uh, why don't you just now that the weather's nice? I mean, the winter's basically done. Why don't you just throw him out in the backyard, let him roam around oh, there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, just, he goes and has a run. He loves to just sit outside. The only problem is anyone walks by, he's an idiot. Right, right. I know. Yeah. Same with this Sully that we have. And look outside. Sully's already got his own little lounger and little table beside him with a <laughs> with a drink and. Adjusting the umbrella <laughs> and barking for you to come serve him. There was well, Le- Sully's not there right now. He's uh, he, so he's back in uh, Windsor learning to try to get along with uh, other family dogs because okay. he's, he's got a problem making friends. But I'm glad he's not with us right now because twice in our backyard I have seen a black cat that could be part tiger. This thing is oh, massive. Oh, wow. So it was drinking out of my pool yesterday and giving me the finger. <laughs> and so I, I went outside and I kind of just, hey, and it looked at me and it had the vicious looking eyes and then it took off. Has Maria seen this? A black cat? A black, oh yeah, she, well, yesterday as I was pulling into the driveway, she was just leaving. She was running a bit late and then she spotted it crossing the road farther up. Right. She's like, oh great, here's my day. I said, it's not even crossing your path. Because <laughs> I'm, Black cat is somewhere in your presence. Doesn't mean the whole world's gonna cave in on we you. We have we have a white cat. Oh like, yeah. Well, that same kind of thing. It just kind of roams around the neighborhood. It's huge, and it can just it can leap fences in a single bound. <laughs> like, crazy. It, it really is unreal. We have a black cat. You have a white cat. You know what that says? Your neighborhood is racist. <laughs> if you knew the world was gonna end in the next ten years. What would you change about how you live your life? Spending. <laughs> Spending. Spend it all. Uh, 5,000 people were asked uh, what they'd prioritize, and they could choose one of the four options. Spend more time with loved ones, have as much fun as possible, try to save humanity, or just keep doing what you're doing. And uh, more time with loved ones was by far the top answer. Right. After that, it was the having fun. Right. And then it really slides off. People are like, eh, uh, maybe I'd try and save the world. Seems like a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> Let someone else do it. And, and the rest of them were just, eh, I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess I would want to, of course, spend time with loved ones, but also include the having fun. I right. wouldn't want to just sit around the living room <laughs> staring at <Yeah>. one another. <laughs> hmm. I wish I had more time. We really should finish this series. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting around crying with the curtains pulled. Come on, we, we got three more seasons to go <laughs> and only ten years to get through. Maybe the world will end around us and they'll forget about us. <laughs> will, they, will they ever release this Ozark? My <laughs> <laughs> God. The bird family will be. I can't wait forever. They, uh, yeah, and I think most people would say, yeah, go on a spending spree. Although, oh yeah, you know, my my luck with that would be, I'd I'd spend every last dime, and at nine and a half years, they go, oops. <laughs> A little calculation error here. Those couple of people that decided to save the planet actually came through just to curse you. Go kill them. <laughs> yeah. What do you th- What do you think you'd do? What do you if you you knew the clock was ticking? I would spend it bucket list stuff. We're yeah. talking vacations and and yeah, maybe bring the family along with a couple of them. <laughs> Drop them off at Disney World. Oh yeah, I'm I'm going I'm going to play the golf course next door. <laughs> Yeah, you know what I would do? Yeah, of course, I would want to go see and do some things. But I, if I would spend almost all of my time just plotting the revenge and the inevitable uh, takedown right. of all who done me wrong. I would think, it, you know, as much as it's easy to joke about how fun it would be, the downside would be there'd probably be so much stress 
involved with oh the whole God, thing. Oh, my God, Like, yeah. if you knew it was ending, right? Oh, yeah, you don't want to know. No one wants to have an expiry date. You want to get hit by that train, but you don't want to see that train coming. Right. <laughs> That's always been my theory. Yeah, I, uh, oh, yeah, the, man, the, the doctors would be selling some, certainly some, uh, a lot amount of sedatives, uh, right. sedatives. That's for sure, because, yeah, it would, I, I, it would be chaos. Right. Oh, I, my goodness. I think you would turn, the, you would see so much of the human race just turn into animals. Well, I mean, <laughs> listen, we've already seen that. Yeah. Happen. You know, you, you want to talk about, uh, you know, society that could give a rat's behind about anyone other than themselves. Yeah. You know, we've seen enough of, you know, it's kind of the bad side of uh, civilization, mm-hmm. uh, and community in the last little while. Imagine had something, had something like this were to come about. It'd be like rats trying to get away from a sinking ship. And, and, and literally you would see the, the, uh, Elon Musks and the Jeff Bezos of the world go to the top of the mountain and try to, you know, get away from it all while the rest of us were, were drowning down below. But, uh, on that note, <laughs> I mean, who knows, right? I mean, what if the world was ending in 10, you know, it could be done in six months. We, we had no idea. And it's probably the better way to live. Rock Mornings with Craig Venn and Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.